0: to the Columbus Citadel podcast. We hope this to be a long-lasting wealth of fellowship and biblical knowledge for our community. Listen to Envoy Van Werth share what God has placed on his heart about the fruit of the Spirit. That's an interesting statement in the song, take time to be holy. Um, We have a God who is holy and who admonishes us to do the same, to be as he is. Now, he doesn't call that to us to be that way without his help, because without his help, it would be impossible. But uh, we need to be more than what we have become. It's one of my favorite lines from the movie Lion King. And I'm just curious, how many adults have seen that movie, The Lion King? Thank you. Do not be bashful. Do not be afraid or ashamed. That's a great movie. And one of my favorite lines in that movie is when Simba, the son, the cub lion that now has grown into a young adult lion, has a vision of his father. He sees in that vision and hears the voice of his father, Mufasa, who says, you have forgotten me. And Simba says, no, I haven't. And Mufasa says to her son, you have forgotten who you are, and so you have forgotten me. And then here's this line that I just love. You are more than you have become. And I looked at that line, first time I heard it, I thought, wow, that, that is so true in the Christian walk. We, by not giving God the place that we should, we forget who he really is. If we get a sense of who he is, We can get a sense that maybe we were made to be, which we were and are, more than what we have become. And so we come into this series that we've entered in, bearing His fruit, and uh, looking at what this work of the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And so we'll continue on with this this morning with bearing. I love that. Let's try that again. I love that brings forth peace. Uh, I was telling Mark earlier. timing of this couldn't have been any more ironic with that with france because uh, there is anything but peace going on over there as i said earlier uh, but it really is something that is desperately needed in our world kenny and i were talking uh, last week and and he reminded me of that verse from uh, matthew uh, the 22nd chapter where uh, there's this uh, lawyer who comes to jesus and he says what what what's the greatest commandment and jesus says to him the following he says Well, let's get up to where speed where we are. Right slide here. Here it comes. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And there is an emphasis and an an impetus of love that is placed upon above everything else. And and again, I come back and say, it cannot be a love that starts with us. It has has to be God's love within us to make the change that we need to see. We're going to talk about change this morning a little bit. Um, You'll see on your bulletin that the next highlighted part is peace, because that is indeed where we are. I came across this uh, article uh, about a gentleman a couple centuries ago. His name is uh, Gustav Valbert. And at the time that he was writing this was in the mid-1800s. He made the following observation during his time. He said, from the year 1496 B.C. to 1861 A.D., that's 3,358 years. I want to say that number again just so that we let it sink in. 3,358 years. There were only 227 Of the 3358 years that were times of peace and there were 3130 years of war 13 years of war to every one year of peace with the last three centuries from his time he wrote there have been 286 wars in europe and then he added that From the year 1500 BC to 1860 AD, more than 8,000 treaties of peace that were meant to remain in force forever were concluded, and the average time they remained in force was only two years. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us what Jeremiah said, peace, peace, but there is no peace. We live in a time of turmoil, and guess what? There has always been, it seems, a time of turmoil. In my own life, short span in relationship to the overall history, I think in terms, I was born in 1960. Don't do math today, folks, just let it go. Uh, So we're coming what, against the, uh, there was the time that we came off the Korean conflict, so that was pretty much finished, but then we entered into the Vietnam War era, um, then we go from the Vietnam War. There was the conflict over in uh, Iraq. A desert Storm, Desert Shield, remember those? Uh, what else was there? There's been the time we've been over there recently. Uh, this with uh, Saddam Hussein when that went on. And then there was, oh, before that, there was Ayatollah Khomeini during the oil crisis back in the I mean, there's always been conflict. I'll never forget my mother-in-law. Never forget her during Ayatollah Khomeini. <laughs> You have certain things that just hit you. And she prayed for the Ayatollah one year. Uh, During the time of this terrible goings-on overseas, and her prayer went something like this. Dear Lord, touch the heart of the Ayatollah. Help him to see the error of his ways. He is revered by so many. Help him to know you so that he might lead his people aright. And Lord, if he refuses to follow, take him. And I always... I'll never forget those last part, that last part of that prayer, because it made it still to this day, makes me smile. Sometimes we wish God would do that. Lord, take them. Get rid of them. Get rid of the troublemakers, the problem people. But God has another plan and another way in store. And there's never going to be peace without anyway until there is peace within. And even if we don't have peace without, we still can have. His peace within. So let's look at that this morning, if we might. If we are to understand how peace can be an integral part of our lives, we've got to understand and to know that, one, there's the God of peace. Uh, Paul writes to the church at Philippians and he says a couple of things a couple different phrases in Philippians 4 7 he says and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and then in the ninth verse he says whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put into practice and the God of peace will be with you so we have two phrases the peace of God and the God of peace let me just look at those in order this morning Um, first of all Let's look at uh, the peace of God. That is saying that God is the substance of peace. There are so many fake things in this world. When I was in New York City, you could go out and and you had the vendors who had the uh, 50-gallon garbage pails turned upside down with the bread baskets on top of them. Have you ever been in New York City and seen that? Used to be kind of fun because depending on what the weather was, it would be depending on what would be out sometimes. If it was sunny out, there would be sunglasses for sale. $5, $5, $5. If it was raining, there would be umbrellas for sale. $5, $5, $5. Everything was $5 at the time. But they also had knockoff stuff out there. You know, rough. Hey, like, like, like Boulevard watch, real nice, very expensive, $5 for you. You know, it just, it's just always that kind of stuff that was there that was going on. But it was all knockoff stuff. It was stuff that wasn't the original. And this world has a bunch of knockoff things, too, of God. And one of the things, it has its own idea of peace that just is a little bit more on that later. God, though, if we look at him and God who is perfect, then everything that flows from God to us is perfect. When we talk about his perfect love, that agape that we talked about a couple of sermons back now, Um, It it is a love that it it doesn't just love in spite of, because of it, Loves in spite of. It is a love that is perfect, and it's the love that he has for us and he wants us to have for this world. And from that love pours his perfection more so uh, because we look at, too, that there is, we talked last week about joy. This week there's this peace, this perfect peace that can flow from him through us, into us. So he is the substance from where peace comes from. And... Through his love, he becomes the source of our peace then. Again, it flows from him to us. Job, uh, in the 22nd chapter, 21st verse of Eliphaz, who gave this uh, good piece of advice, he simply made this observation, submit to God and be at peace. That's the wrong one. No, that is right. That's that's the wrong verse. That should be Job. Submit to God and be at peace with him. That's not Ephesians 2.14. That is Job 22.21. Ephesians 2:14 says Paul tells the church in Ephesus for he himself is our peace that God is peace for us so therefore when we have the holy spirit in our lives we have the peace of God in our lives and it flows to us so it's the god of peace But because he's the God of peace, then we have the gift of peace, as I've been talking about. Jesus spoke to his disciples in the 14th chapter, and he said this phrase, part of it. We're going to look at it in two different parts at two different times. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. This peace that is given to his disciples, if we are his disciples today, is a promise to us. We have the promise of the gift of peace from Christ himself. Uh, It's something that we can't earn. It's not something that is born out of favoritism. It is brought to us by the grace of God. And we can have this peace in our lives. And it has become so essential for us to, and I'll tell you why in just a moment, more than just from a selfish perspective of wanting to be at peace personally. But there is the process of this gift of peace. The peace of God comes to us initially when we accept Christ Jesus. Paul told the church at Rome, he said, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you come to Christ, you get this peace. But and this cannot be stated enough. And it's a little dangerous, perhaps, from the standpoint of being misunderstood. And hopefully I won't. We have a doctrine that says continuance in a state of salvation depends upon continued, obedient faith in Christ. That means that I can choose to fall away. Some uh, churches teach the once saved, always saved uh, theory that once you've accepted Christ and truly accepted, you cannot fall away from him. It's impossible because you won't want to. And I appreciate that, and I want to believe that. Uh, Unfortunately, I've seen people who have fallen away. The argument would be made, well, they were never truly saved to begin with. I knew them, and they sure seemed like saved to me. and It's not really my business. That's between them and God. But I know in my heart that a person can choose, and why they would, I have no idea. And why they did, I have no idea. But we can choose to turn our back on God. If we just make this walk then a point of salvation only, where we come and accept him and accept this gift of love and peace and forgiveness and Redemption, that's all wonderful. But if we don't take the next step in this walk, we will not maintain the salvation in our lives. And that is the step of holiness, to ask him to come in and fill us. So we understand then that it is not enough just to take that step of Christ and and to be forgiven. And that is good on its own merit right there. But to maintain the state depends upon continued obedient faith in Christ. Therefore, I love so much what isaiah says and perhaps you've heard this verse before you keep him in perfect peace who whose mind is what say it with me stayed on say it with me means you talk and i talk at the same time stayed on you say it again stayed on you one more time Stayed on you. Our minds have to be on him. Our hearts have to be with him. We have to have an awareness of his presence and his presence in our lives because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. The Rock, the Lord forever. The Lord God is an everlasting Rock. So this becomes important for us then uh, to have this gift of peace to understand, and the gift when we have the gift, then we have the presence of peace in our lives. Um, Now, the second part, Jesus said, my peace I give to you. But then he says the second part of this, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Um, In other words, the world, again, gives a counterfeit of what uh, appears to be a peace, but it's not. We were so uh, relaxed in so many ways. There had been a few little blips on the radar, but nothing serious. And then when did that happen? Friday night. Everything just all lit up and 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 just terrible, terrible things. Watching the news, they were, you know, I, I always get impressed with newsmakers how much they can continue to talk when they don't have anything more to say. But they're they're trying to find information and bring it to the public just as much as they can. But at one point, they didn't know what was what. Of course, as it go time progresses, it's filtered out. They find out who ISIS is uh, taking claim for this. Um, There's all these uh, facts that now come to the surface and the number of casualties, uh, people that were injured, people that are critical, uh, the number of attacks that occurred. And we can kind of, as the smoke clears, so to speak, we can see what's going on. And for a brief period of time, it seems like things were a little leveled out. But all of a sudden, the world is rocked yet again by terror. Folks, may I respectfully submit to you that we're probably going to always have something like this go on? We'll have a period of peace, but then this will get interrupted again. And this is scripture. I didn't put it up here, but you know the verse that says, Jesus says, in the world you'll have what? Tribulation. In the world you'll have trouble. Let me paraphrase. In the world we'll have terror. We'll have terrorism. But Then he says this. Fear not, for I have overcome the world. That's peace. I walk day to day, not knowing. I remember when I was in the uh, ARC in Springfield, Illinois. I brought a friend of mine onto the board who was a higher, a higher person in the local police department, uh, and he was uh, in my wedding, with uh, Cheryl and I got married 35 years ago. This November 29th, um, and he's walking around and he's got his gun on him, and I'm taking him through our facility, and he takes me over to the side and he said, uh, "Van," and I go, "Yeah, Mark." He goes, Why don't you carry a gun? (laughs) And I said, Mark, what do you mean? He goes, I know most of your guys here on the program. They're not good people. And I smiled and looked at him. I said, Mark, they've just discovered they're not good people. That's why they're here. They want to get good. I don't have to have a gun. And besides, I've got God. How can I even begin? How can a gun even begin to compare to Him? We walk with a certain level of peace. What happens if we get taken? Do you remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fiery furnace and what they told Nebuchadnezzar? Look, if it's God's will, we're ready to go. But our God is able to deliver us. Either way, we're fine. We either remain or we're with him. It doesn't matter. Paul said something similar. He would almost prefer to go, he said, but to remain with the people was better for them. Because they needed some more edification, more education. You see, the person who walks in peace doesn't get concerned with what goes on without. They're there to help, they want to be an active part, positive influence in the world in which we live. But oh, this presence of peace that surrounds us, grabs us. Well, it's this verse that Paul says in Philippians 7 then And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. The world won't understand, but this will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I came across this illustration that I thought was really, really cool. Have you ever heard the expression, the cushion of the sea? Just now you have. Congratulations. Your education has been expanded. The phrase is used by submarine captains and their personnel on the subs. What the cushion of the sea is, is at a depth so far down that it doesn't matter what's going on on top. As a matter of fact, you can have a hurricane, and the waters can be tumultuous, and and waves 30 feet high, and and just horrific, all, but down at a certain depth, and known as the cushion of the sea, if a sub is there, it will not feel anything. Can't tell what's going on because it's so peaceful, even when the storm is going on so fierce above. Folks, that's what God does for us. He's our cushion of the sea. When the turmoil goes without, when things don't go as we would like them to, and that happens for me more times than I care to think about, I have to laugh because I'm running a little behind today on my pickups, and I pull out, and I had just picked up Candace, and I'm kind of in a hurry. It's amazing how my vehicle seems to go faster when I'm in a hurry. It senses my need. Um, There's a symbiotic relationship that we have, but all of a sudden, this truck, pickup truck, packed with junk, in its bed, piled high, pulling a U-Haul trailer, packed with junk. And I made the turn and I'm coming up and he decides to pull out right in front of me and I just go, the timing of it all. Praise God. It's about what you have to do. What are my options, pass him, get a ticket or worse? uh, Honk my horn, what good does any of that do? Sit back, relax. We'll get here. Maybe not the time I would have liked, but hey, it's okay. I've got God's peace in my heart. We need to remember that the presence of peace does not mean the absence of war or conflict. God's peace is totally different. It's, it's apart from that. It's the same thing when we think in terms of love. It's easy to love people uh, who perhaps are tra- attractive. Jim Gaffick until. Tells in his routine, the comedian says that, have you ever noticed that when somebody's really attractive and they look at you and they smile, you go, well. But when the person is ugly and they smile at you, you go, what do they want? (laughs) You know, we're kind of a surface people in that respect. God's love goes beyond that, and so does God's peace then. It doesn't matter what the externals are. It's all about the internal. We're coming into a time of year. When we recall the words of some angels that got together for a chorus and they said glory to god in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men were they talking that we were going to have that peace because of christ that externally it would come no because surely it didn't following his birth what happened herod set out and had a bunch of children executed peace didn't come externally but peace had come in the way of Christ, who was going to bring it internally to you and to I. Lastly, this morning, it boils down to the hardest part of all this, practicing peace. Paul told the church at Colossians and said, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. This peace is not supposed to be just manifested individually, but as a corporation here, as a church, we should show peace. Peace. We should live peace. We should be peace. Paul told the church at Rome, he said, as if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And then Jesus reminds us about how blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Perhaps you remember the name Martin Luther. The Lutheran church was founded uh, by him. It was 96 theses that he nailed to the door of the catholic church that he was in disagreement with he said uh, a following story about two goats and the story he says goes like this he says there were two goats that met upon a narrow bridge over some very deep water and they couldn't go back and they dared not fight because of the great depth and the water after a short parley one of them made the decision to lie down and let the other go over him and no harm was done We understand that there comes a time when we just need to sit back and relax. We're never going to force anybody to Christ, and we're never going to make this world accept him. But if we live like Christ wants us to, we can be that attraction. Force doesn't get us anything. I remember an episode of All in the Family, for those of us who remember that wonderful television show. And in one of the particular episodes, there was a friend of Michael Stivic who was trying to, trying to bring something about. He was trying to force it into happen. And he looks at Michael and he says, Michael, sometimes you got to use this to bring about change. And Michael says to him, yes, but the only problem is that if you use this, you usually get this. When Jesus entered into Jerusalem on the Palm Sunday, he didn't enter on a white stallion. That would be symbolized that he was taking his kingdom by force. He ended up on a colt, uh, the foal of a donkey, uh, because his was a kingdom of peace. And he wants those who are in his kingdom to be peacemakers. You have no idea what that represents to you. Anybody know what it is? I had Kenny and Jay, and I knew. Okay, I could see the look on Jay's face right away. How many of you remember back in the '60s, uh, that wonderful era '60s and '70s of the hippie time? Remember this symbol? Do you remember what they came up with that? Remember the circle with the line and the two lines for the peace symbol? Do you know the story of how that came about? It started back in 1958, before the hippie movements. And what happened was there was a British artist named Gerald Holtham, and he was uh, uh, exercising a campaign for nuclear disarmament. And he decided that he wanted to come up with a symbol. And so what he used, he used two letters out of this. He used the D, and he used the N for disarm, nuclear. And he got this. We live in a world that wants that on one hand, on the externals. But we live in a world that needs it more so on the internals. And if we do it internally, it will show itself externally. God's people should be unique and set apart in a way that when other people see us, there's something different about us. I remember years ago I was in Delaware, Ohio, 30 years ago, and the Christian radio station was just kind of taking off at that point. And the gentleman who was the host of the radio show was putting a question out there as of a talk show, the local talk show. And he said, uh, kind of gave a challenge. He says, what's, what's, what sets Christians apart from everyone else? I'll never forget this. I'm driving down the road, and the steer lady comes on. And she said to the host, she goes, well, personally, I think Christians should smell different. Now, folks, I don't know if that's true. But we sure should be different. And having his peace in our life is a way to show that difference. And to do a lot to help our world that we live in that is in so desperate need. I'm gonna ask Mark to go to the piano. We'll take a moment here, we always do. Bow the head. You may be going through a time of turmoil right now. Uh, I'm having some sleepless nights myself and I'm chastising myself because of it, because of the upcoming kettle season. and the great need that we have and some hurdles that have been thrown in my way, unfortunately. And I'm having to work around this somehow, but then I have to remind myself, I was lying in bed one night, kind of just turning it over and over, and I finally just hit myself upside the head and said, you know what? Just let go and let God. Do everything you can do and make sure you're giving it your all and trust him. Trust him. He giveth more grace. He giveth more love. He giveth more peace. He giveth and giveth and giveth again. If this morning you're lacking and you'd like to take time to come to the altar and uh, ask him, you are welcome to do so this morning. We'll just take a time of silent meditation, just a brief time. And if you want to come, you come. And if not, then we'll move on to the last song and move forward with our day. But if there's turmoil in your life this day, come seek the one who can give and give and give stop. This concludes our podcast. All questions and comments are welcome either on our Facebook page or at our location on Carl Road. If you're willing, please take time to pray for us, the Body of Christ, as we pursue holiness and God's will for Columbus. God bless.